Alright, we are in the playoff weeks, everyone out there, and we are Wagers Ragers, and this is the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the great state, the Garden State, the wonderful state, the most densely populated state, the state of JT. New Jersey, and my compadre, as always, John Hedgehog Donoff, coming to you from the same. John, how we doing this week? The Hedgehog. Feeling pretty good. Getting 2021 underway in style. Looking forward to this divisional round weekend. Coming off that massive wild card weekend. Tell me real quick. How did you feel after watching six games of NFL football over last weekend? Yeah, man. I mean, I had a mixed bag last week. Uh, we both picked three games. I had Rams, Seahawks. I had Bucks, Washington football team. And I had Browns, Steelers. And, you know, it was a mixed bag for me. Uh, I loved the Seahawks last week, and they just laid an egg. And I don't know why. I just I can't understand why the game went the way it did. The Rams were starting John Wolford, and he got knocked out early in the game. The reason why they started him be, is because Goff had surgery on his thumb. But for whatever reason, the Seahawks could not generate any offense. Wilson got sacked five times by the Rams defense. And I get it. The Rams defense is really, really good. But you would have figured the Seahawks against a team with like literally no quarterback would have won this game and they lost. I think the score was 30 to 20, which is embarrassing for the Seahawks. So I had the Seahawks laying the three points and I lost my, my props were terrible. I mean, I had Metcalf under 60 and a half receiving yards, which I never go under, but he had a big like 50 yard receiving touchdown in the beginning couple receiving uh, receptions late in the game. And uh, even though the Seahawks lost, Metcalf covered, which is like a double whammy. So bad there. Um, I had Bucks at the Washington football uh, team. Washington getting eight points. This was for me like my greatest game because, you know, everybody was like, I can't believe you're going to take Washington. And I think, John, I think last week you're like, how are you going to take Washington in this game? And they eventually only they lost by eight points. So it was a push for me on the game. But Washington really came back in this game and and probably should have covered the point spread. I'll take the push. And lastly, oh, what a terrible, 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 you know, just just a terrible night for me. Steelers, Browns. I had the Steelers in a teaser with with the Bills, had the Bills the first half covered, had the Steelers uh, at at a pick them and the Steelers went out and got shellacked by the Browns as everybody knows. So, it, I mean, a terrible, terrible game for me as far as the regular point spread goes, but I hedged. Hedgehog party. I did a John hedgehog bet middle game Steelers plus 18 mid game live game bet took that covered it made up for my minus six that I had Steelers laying the six points early on. 
So ended up pretty even on the Steelers game. Won some money on the Bucks Saints on some props. The uh, Rams-Green Bay game just killed me. Overall, probably pretty even for Wild Card Weekend. John, talk to me about the three games that you had. Well, it was a, uh, a little hedgehog party last weekend. Hedgehog party. Nailed a couple of hedges on that same Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Uh, hedge that I think at that plus 12 mark and ended up covering that. Yeah, my three games were the Colts at the Bills. I had the Ravens at Tennessee. And I had the uh, Bears at the Saints. Three very different games. Uh, the Colts-Bills game was a fantastic game. Uh, the Bills were favored by six and a half at home. Uh, I liked the Bills coming in to last week. I think they've been on absolute fire. I think they had won five in a row at that point. And I really liked them to win this game. Thought they would win by a touchdown. Bills did win the game, of course, but they only won 27-24. Colts came very close to tying it up at the at the end. Um, Phil, Phillip Rivers decided to throw the ball out of, uh, out of bounds twice at the end of the game. So that preserved the Bills win. A couple of props that were interesting and hit for me. Uh, Naheem Hines, I said to take at... 21 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel. I actually took it twice. I ended up taking it first on DraftKings at 23 and a half yards plus 110. Saw it on FanDuel even better at 21 and a half. Took both, hit both. And this is a little uh, little prop lesson for everybody out there. You must learn. If you see a prop you like at a number you like, just take it because you never know. On the pod last week, my advice to everyone was to take Jonathan Taylor, who had been on fire for the last month of the season, at 77 and a half rushing yards. That was on FanDuel at minus 112, and it came ever so close. My problem was I didn't take that 77 and a half. I waited until the next day to put my money in, and by that time, the prop had inched up by one yard to 78 and a half yards. You know how many yards that Taylor had? 78. 78 missed cashing by a half yard. So if you see a prop that you like, take it. See a prop, take a prop. Also, Josh Allen rushing yards 21, 29 and a half. That was fantastic. Love that bet. He crushed that. Uh, and then I got burnt on Stefan Diggs. Uh, I thought that Josh Allen would rely on him, and he did to an extent. I was just a little scared of the receiving yards prop, which was 91 and a half yards. Diggs killed that. I went for the catches instead at seven and a half that didn't hit he fell just short six catches second game i had was the ravens and the titans the titans were giving three and although i've loved the raisin ravens all year long you know and i wanted to take the ravens in this game i figured the titans at home beat the ravens last year in the playoffs beat them earlier this year in the regular season i thought that the, the titans might pull this one out so i was wrong on that because the ravens pulled out the win which I was actually happy to see because I do enjoy playing ball, watching Baltimore play. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. Um, in that regard, I hit on the Lamar Jackson rushing prop at 68 and a half yards on DraftKings. I think I ended up taking on FanDuel at 74 and a half yards at minus 118. He crushed that, had 124 rushing yards. I like Tannehill at 16 and a half rushing yards. That did not hit. Lamar is the one who really crushed it for me. And I didn't bring this up on the pod, but I did bet Marquise Brown on uh, both longest reception over 20 yards and also receiving yards, which I think was 53 and a half yards. Tennessee's defense was dreadful. So I liked that hit both of those. The last game I took 
Bears Saints, the story of this game. Check this out. So the Saints were giving either nine and a half on FanDuel or 10 on DraftKings. I said to take the Saints, give the nine and a half. That ended up hitting. But I also hedged the Bears in game. The Hedgehog. And won with what is absolutely the cover of the year. On the last play of the game, Trubisky hits Jimmy Graham for like a 20-yard touchdown pass where Graham catches it with one hand, runs through the back of the end zone and out of the stadium with potentially maybe his last play ever. There was some speculation he might retire. So covered on the Bears' hedge, last play of the game, no question, cover of the year so far. I mean, it is only January, but that was still a fun way to end, end the game. So, yep, that was it. Hit on a bunch of props. Um, the game picks were up and down. And I tell you what, by the time I hit game six, that Steelers Browns game, I wasn't sure if I would have been able to make it to seven games in one weekend. Yeah. So, uh, on your games real quick, I had Jonathan Taylor too on rushing. And I mean, I just can't believe that we came up short on that half a yard, half a yard, half a yard. I mean, I think I had it on DraftKings by one and a half yards, but still, I mean, it just it blows my mind that you can you can lose a prop like that. I did have Allen rushing, which hit, uh, which was big, uh, and then I had uh, I had Lamar Jackson any any time touchdown, which I think is like is is a given basically every game because the guy's just he's out he's unworldly as a as a running quarterback. So hit that Derrick Henry just killed me. Uh, I thought going into this game, it was going to be Henry, 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 and it was, but he could not do anything against this Ravens defense. He crushed me in yards, which was 120 and a half, didn't even come close to that. And his attempts, which I really thought he was going to get over 26 and a half. And I know it was, it was a stretch because he hasn't really done that this much this year, but I thought it was going to be feed Henry, feed Henry, feed Henry. Didn't happen. So, you know, a tough one on the Ravens-Titans game. You know, a bit of a cover on the Allen rushing on the, uh, the Bills game. So overall, last week, you know, mixed bag. I could go through every single prop that I bet last week, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, the one big prop that I, I really hammered heavy, and I told everybody, John, I, you know, Koza, the Marine, was the under, the under in the Chicago-New Orleans game. Bang. Nailed it. Won big cash, big cash on the under in that game. So look, there's, there's, a, there's four teams left in each division. And we move into, we move into the divisional round. So no more week 17. No more wild card round. This is it. This is where men be, uh, boys become men and teams really rise up to the crop. Teams really rise up to the crop. Put this in your car and think about it. So we have four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We're going to take it in order. And on Saturday, the games don't start until 4.25 with a late game on Saturday. The first game is Rams Packers. We have a point spread, Green Bay laying six and a half, over under 45 and a half. 
This is my game. All right, so let's go through some historical stats. Let's go through some current stats and let's see where this game falls as far as my prediction and where I'm gonna take this game. So this is the fourth time in 50 years that the best passing touchdown leader, which is Aaron Rodgers, has played the best defense who has given up the fewest touchdown passes in the last 50 years, fourth time. What's the record? The team with the best quarterback giving up the most, like scoring the most passing touchdowns is three and oh. I will predict what's gonna happen in this game a little bit later. Now the Rams have one of the top, if not the top cover corners. You know, Devontae Adams for the Packers is just, he's an all world receiver, but Jalen Ramsey for the Rams has only given up one game, one game to one receiver who he's, he's guarded the entire game of over 50 receiving yards, one game this entire year. And that was to Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. One game out of 16 plus a play. Uh, no, he had, they, they've had, oh no, he played, played last week. So plus a playoff game of over 50 plus yards. He's going to be on Devontae Adams all game long. I expect him to play really, really well. So let's get into some other stats. Um, Jared Goff. Jared Goff has played terrible when the temperature is under 35 degrees. No touchdowns, five interceptions, 34.5 passer rating, it, it is, I guess it's a small sample, only two, two career starts, but I think you have to look at it this way. They're in Green Bay, the frozen tundra. It's going to be cold. I'm not sure exactly what the temperature is going to be on game day, but it's going to be after the sun is basically going down 425, 430 in the afternoon. It's, it's going to be dark. It's probably going to be cold. So take that into consideration. So let's compare the Rams offenses versus the Packers offense. So we have the Rams offense, 23.3 points per game, or 20 uh, passing touchdowns this season, 14 interceptions, an 88.4 passer rating, and a 57.9 red zone touchdown percentage by the Rams this season. Now, for the most part of the season, Jared Goff has been the quarterback. And I've been telling you throughout these podcasts that I think that most of the NFC West, and I said it before with the exception of Seattle, which I can't believe lost to the Rams last week. So let's just throw that out the window. All of these teams are frauds. And I'm going to stick with it. I don't trust the Rams. They lost to the Jets. I get it that they beat Seattle. Their defense is lights out, especially against the pass. But Green Bay is the number one yards per game defense in the league. Green Bay offense, 31.8 yard or points per game. Only 11 giveaways total. Total. That's inclusive of five interceptions by Aaron Rodgers. He threw for 48 touchdowns. He had 121.5 passer rating in the red zone, 
12% touchdown percentage. I'm sure you all know where I'm leaning here. Um, I know it's six and a half, but everything to me leans Green Bay. Um, and on top of that, let's look at the Green Bay defense. They were terrible, terrible in the first half of the season, but in the last four of their last five games, they've only given up 17 or fewer points per game. So listen, I'm looking at this game and the Packers have won six straight games. They've held their opponent below 22 points per game. Uh, it, I mean, it's to me, it's uh, it's it's Packers. I get it that the Rams put up a really, really good show last week. They sacked Russell Wilson, you know, five times last week, but Rodgers is going to be the MVP probably. 48 touchdowns. I think the one thing the Rams have going for them is that last week they had 164 rushing yards. So are the Packers susceptible to the rush? Maybe. But to me, I think laying the six and a half with – uh, the Packers is probably a good bet, and especially if the Packers get out early, because if they get out early, listen to their point, their point differential, 299 to 163 in the first half for the Packers. If they get out early, if they're up 7-0, 14-0, 10-nothing in the first half, I think it's over for the Rams, and I think they're going to easily cover that six and a half. The downside for the Packers, their left tackle. David, uh, you know, Bakatari is out. He is out. He is, he's not playing. He's done for the season. He is their stalwart at left tackle who protects the blind side for Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Donald last week, he suffered a rib injury. And I know he's been talking on the radio and I heard him this week about how everything's good. We're good. Uh, you know, he's going to be fine to play. He really didn't play most of the second half of last week's game against Seattle. So it's something to look at to see if Aaron Donald is going to actually play the majority of the snaps this week. But I really like the Packers this week. Uh, I talked to one of my buddies who's, he's a, you know, he's, he, he considers himself a really big sports gambling NFL savant, and he loves the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. To me, I just can't see it. And this week, for the first time, for the first time, the Packers are going to have 6,500 fans in the stands, cheering on the green and yellow for the Green Bay Packers, and I think that's going to make a world of difference. They haven't had pack, they haven't had stand uh, uh, fans in the stands the entire season, so you add that into Green Bay's offense, the weather, etc. I like Green Bay in this game. I'll lay the six and a half. I think that the the Green Bay is going to win by a touchdown. Now, if the line goes up to seven and a half. You know, I might think about staying away from this game, but that's my thoughts. And just a couple player props, because I don't really like a whole lot of them, but I do like Aaron Jones rushing attempts only because of the Rams passing defense, which is number one in the league. So rushing attempts, I think is going to be pretty big. So over 16 and a half minus 108 on DraftKings, if you can get it now, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Rodgers, nine and a half rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. Again, another rushing prop for the Packers against a team that's got the number one passing defense. And lastly, Cam Akers 
rushing and receiving total over 87 and a half minus 125 on DraftKings. Those are my three props on this game. I'm leading Packers. I like the Packers. Uh, we'll see how the line changes come game time. Uh, maybe I'm going to jump on it now. But, uh, John, what do you think on this game? Yeah, I love the Packers a lot in this game, too. Um, it's going to be cold weather. I would lay the six and a half as well, but that's about as far as I'd want to go. I could see this, you know, this is not a situation where I think that the Packers, you know, if they're, they're up, they're just going to be up. I don't think the Packers would be up by like two touchdowns, for instance, and the Rams have like a backdoor cover at the end. I think if it's going to be close, it's just going to be a touchdown game, you know, with the Packers just like staying ahead. I love the Aaron Rodgers prop of on rushing yards. I could see him getting flushed out of the pocket a little bit and taken off. He's done that a lot more this year than he's done in recent years. Also, a couple that I like. Going off the same thing you were talking about with Cam Akers, I think the Rams, you know, I think McVay is going to look at this game and say, you know what, I need to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Um, we need to run the ball, try to control the clock, shorten the game, as it were. You know, we watched Jared Goff last week. McVay didn't even want to play him with the thumb issue he's been having. The ball looked like it was coming out of his hands kind of dead last week. So I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game. And in addition to your rushing and receiving yard prop for Akers, which I like, I also like Akers over 17 and a half rushing attempts on FanDuel. He had 28 carries last week, 21 the week before. I think he's going to be in that, you know, somewhere in the 20s again this week. So I love Akers, 17 and a half. And then just one of those shot in the dark props. I think the Packers win this game. I think Rodgers plays well, but I would throw, you know, a few bucks at Aaron Rodgers having an interception. Bananas odds at plus 196. You know, the Rams, fantastic defense, even with, you know, the potential injury to, to Donald. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I could see Rodgers throwing a pick. He doesn't throw a lot of picks, but it ha happens every once in a while. And with those kind of odds, I think it's worth throwing a couple shekels at. Yeah, I mean, I think with the odds, maybe I would lean towards the Rodgers interception, but uh, he hasn't thrown many picks this year, so I'd probably stay away from that. Although I, I was looking at the, um, the Acres rushing yards and rushing attempts, and that's something I'm definitely going to be looking at before the game starts because – I agree with you that, uh, you know, he's had some really good games the last couple of weeks. So those are two definite props that I'm going to be looking at uh, for this game. But yeah, I mean, look, if the line goes up to seven, you know, maybe I take it. I'm just concerned that I think this game is going to be, you know, somewhere in that, you know, 24 17 range and i don't want to lay money on a game that i'm going to like be pushing the game so i'll take six and a half obviously if it goes down to six or five and a half i'm going to take this for sure uh but seven seven and a half i might just stay away and move on to uh to my other games uh, especially the two that you're going to be calling and and my late game uh that i'll be analyzing uh later on in the pod so listen we move on to the eight o'clock game on saturday which is Bill's Ravens. John, tell me what you got, kid. Yeah, you gave me um, you gave me first pick on which games I wanted to do for this weekend that I picked this game because I'm absolutely psyched about it. I'm kind of bummed that the, the NFL is scheduling the games like this. I, I wish the early game started earlier. It should be, to me, like a 1 o'clock, 3.30 at the latest kind of game on Saturday. Let's get some day football in, in there. Um, we don't need, you know, 8.15 in Buffalo. 
Uh, but I'm still psyched about this game. I think there's, these are two very fun teams to watch. Um, I've been picking both of these teams recently over the last few weeks, two really hot teams, Buffalo. Now after their win over the Colts last week is 14 and three on the year, Baltimore comes in at 12 and five on the year, Buffalo only favored by about two and a half. Typically you get a, that three point cushion at home as far as the odds makers go. So the odds makers see this game. Like I do, it's a, a tough game to call two really good teams with two, you know, very mercurial quarterbacks here. The bills are coming in now on a six game win streak and survive that late scare from the Colts 27, 24. They beat up on the dolphins the week before 56, 26. The Ravens are coming in on a five game win streak. They're seven and zero against the spread and their last seven after beating Tennessee in Tennessee last week, uh, bills, you know, not shabby at all against the spread either eight and one against the spread in their last nine. So, you know, what's this game really going to be about here? We have, you know, Josh Allen, who really has just taken an incredible step forward after his first couple uh, years in the league. He was a very, you know, tough quarterback to figure out, you know, for a couple of years there because he was immensely talented, huge arm, could run, but he would just make the most bonehead plays sometimes. And it hasn't been that way this year at all. He just looks immensely talented. He's formed a, a great connection with Stefan Diggs, who was a huge, huge acquisition for Buffalo in the offseason. Sean McDermott, um, late of the Philadelphia Eagles, has done a great job as head coach. And Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, is now one of the hottest you know, coaching candidates in the league. The Ravens, on the other hand, coached by John Harbaugh, won a Super Bowl under John Harbaugh, have Lamar Jackson, who is, you know, you know trying to, to do what Michael Vick and Randall Cunningham couldn't do before him, and that's be a running quarterback that leads, you know, their team to a Super Bowl victory. There is supposed to be some pretty cold weather Saturday night. Uh, again, the NFL and in its infinite wisdom decided to put a night game in Buffalo in January. There may even be some snow. So how might that affect the game? I'm thinking that the pass game could get a little bit iffy here, and, you know, Lamar Jackson, who, you know, has been running more of late anyway, could rely even more on his legs in this game. What about injuries? How do injuries play into it? Well, the Ravens ha have had their share of injuries this year, but nothing new really on the docket. Their biggest loss was probably Ronnie Stanley, who they lost early in the early in the year. Their you know Pro Bowl tackle, and then they had the the COVID issues in the middle of the year. But they're pretty healthy right now as far as who they've been playing with over the last month or two. The Bills have a couple of injury. Uh, problems here they lost a Zach Moss who had kind of taken over as their number one running back he's going to be out this week he is out so number one running back duties fall to Devin Singletary also as far as depth goes the Bills are going to be without tackle Cody Ford cornerback EJ Gaines and defensive tackle again Star Lele. so what does that mean let's look at the strengths and weaknesses of these two teams What's the strength of the Ravens? Well, they have the number one rushing offense in the year. They're also still the number one rushing offense. If you just look at the last three games, if you want to look at the trends here, matched up against Buffalo, whose rushing defense has not performed well. They're number 20 on the year and have gotten gashed um, uh, of, of late as well. On the other side, Buffalo, a team that we think of as a defensive team and running, 
That's not what they are anymore. They are a passing offense. As a matter of fact, they are the number three passing offense in the league as far as yardage goes. And in their last three, they're number four overall. On the other side, you've got the Ravens, who have one of the best defenses overall in the league. They are the number six passing defense uh, overall as far as yardage goes. And in the last three games, they're the number one passing defense in the league. They're a young defense with young Patrick Queen at linebacker, Yannick Ngakwe getting over injury uh, as the pass rusher, Chuck Clark taking over at safety. They acquired Marcus Peters, uh, I think two years ago from the Chiefs, who is an interception waiting to happen. So you've got the Ravens' strength going against a big weakness of Buffalo, and you've got Buffalo's biggest strength going against a strength for the Ravens here when you're talking about Ravens' rush against Buffalo rush defense and Bills passing off against, against the Ravens' passing defense. Take all, that all into account. The Ravens seem to have the upper hand if you just want to look at numbers. The Bills, however, are at home. They're going to have fans in the stadium who are going to be going nuts. And the Bills just seem to have a lot of mojo right now, don't they? They seem to have the, the mojo working in their favor. So it really seems to be a pretty even matchup. And, you know, you take a look at that and you consider, so, so which way do you have to go here? I look at the X factor. What are the X factors in this game that you can't really put, you know, can't really put numbers on? I think you have to look at the two quarterbacks on the Ravens side of the ball. You've got Lamar Jackson, who had just a fantastic game last week, 124 yards rushing in a huge, huge game on the road. He's going to be on the road again with the cold weather. I think he's going to take off a lot more as, as well. He had 16 carries last week which is well over his average of about 12.2 over the last month before that. Josh Allen, on the other hand, can do it with his leg, can do it with his arm. But this is what I'm coming down to. I'm sort of banking on the fact that although Josh Allen has really taken a huge step forward this year and is one of the best young quarterbacks in football so far, I still think he's got that, that bonehead mistake in him. Um, he had a stretch in the middle of the year where he came back to the pack a little bit. I could see that happening in this game and that being the turning point, okay, that this is a, a close game back and forth and Allen throws a bad interception in the second half, which potentially turns the tide and maybe gives the Ravens the victory. Remember, this is a two and a half point spread here. Ravens getting the points, two teams that I think are very evenly matched. So when you have that, just give me the team getting the points, and that's where I'm going here. I'm taking the Ravens on the road to beat the Bills, who have been on fire. Give me the two and a half points. As far as some props go, talked a lot so far about Lamar Jackson and his, his incredible wheels. And in the cold weather, is he going to uh, rush a lot more? I said a little just a couple minutes ago that Lamar ran 16 times last week. Uh, that was the, his most rushes since week seven. And I think the fact that it was the playoffs had a lot to do with it. I think Lamar is just going to, you know, take off maybe as many, maybe more times this week. So I'm going to take Lamar Jackson rushing on DraftKings. You can get 74 and a half yards at minus 134. Not great odds. I'd rather give up two yards, take it on FanDuel for 76 and a half yards at minus 112. He would have hit the over on that in five out of his last six games. Also give me attempts. Lamar Jackson's rushing attempts, only 11 and a half. On FanDuel, you can get that at minus 126. And I'm going to try to get back on the bus. Gus Edwards, again, 
The Ravens have the number one rushing offense in the league. I expect them to rely heavily on that again this week. And so give me Gus Edwards. His rushing prop for attempts is eight and a half this week on DraftKings plus 100. He had eight carries last week and had nine or more carries in his previous three games. So give me Gus Edwards to beat eight and a half carries this week. I'll also take his rushing prop as far as yardage. On DraftKings, that's 34 and a half minus 134. Give up another yard at 35 and a half, and you can get it on FanDuel for minus 112. Gus would have hit the over on that in his last six games in a row. On the Bills side of the ball, who is here? Who is Josh Allen's security blanket? I'm going to go Cole Beasley here. It's four and a half catches, which is a little high, but the odds are fantastic on FanDuel, plus 120. He would have hit the over on that in five out of his last seven. Uh, I think Cole Beasley is, is kind of like the you know that little money slot receiver that Josh Allen will rely on. Lastly, I'm sort of thinking about taking quarterback interceptions for each of these two quarterbacks, Lamar and Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson to throw one interception, plus 110. Josh Allen to throw an interception, minus 106. I could kind of see both of them throwing interceptions here. So that's what I got, JT. I've got the Ravens on the road, getting two and a half, close game. I'll take them to win it. And then I'll take Lamar Jackson, both yards and attempts. I'll take Gus Edwards, yards and attempts. I'll take Cole Beasley on the catches and both quarterbacks to throw an interception. What do you got? Yeah, man, I didn't think that uh, Lamar Jackson was going to get over the playoff hump of, you know, I mean, granted, look, small sample size. He had lost two playoff games the past two seasons. I didn't think he was going to get over the hump last week against Tennessee in Tennessee. He did. The Ravens looked really good. Lamar was, like, outstanding. And I think it's going to continue this week. You know, I, I like the Buffalo story and their home, and I get it. There's going to be you know, 6,200 fans in the stands this week uh, at the Buffalo game. But I think, you know, look, uh, Tennessee had like 20,000 fans in the stands last week. So I don't think that's going to make a difference to the Ravens this week. And Lamar had a really good game. So I like, I really like the, the Ravens to actually win this game. Win this game outright. I mean, take the points, take the money line in this game. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to move on and they're going to play the winner of the Browns and Chiefs. And we'll obviously get into that game in a few minutes, but I like the Ravens in this game. Uh, as far as props, Lamar Jackson has been on a roll and I covered last week with Lamar scoring a touchdown. And I know that you did too. Uh, and I think that's going to continue this week. And I have Lamar plus one Oh five to score a touchdown at any time during this uh, during this game. So I'm going to take that prop. And then my other two props, you know, with Zach Moss out as who has basically become probably their quasi lead running back over Devin Singletary. I like Devin Singletary with a very small number of yards here because he does come out of the backfield. Devin Singletary over 19 and a half receiving yards minus 118 on DraftKings is one of my props. And, and I think you, you talked about it earlier, Lamar Jackson, he was running the ball left and right last week against uh, the Titans. So I like Lamar Jackson over 11 and a half rushing attempts this week uh, as one of my other props. And, and that's my thoughts on this game. I love the Ravens 
And I think that the two props with uh, Lamar scoring and over uh, rushing attempts is probably going to hit. And I, and I, this, you know, you asked me before, who's the safety valve out for Josh Allen? Yeah, it could be Cole Beasley, but without Zach Moss there, the running back that's going to be in the backfield probably 85 to 90, 90% of the time is going to be Devin Singletary. So 19 and a half receiving yards, I don't think it's going to be too tough to hit for him. So that's my other prop in this game. So John, you know, any lost, any last thoughts on this game? If not, let's move into your first Sunday game since I have the late game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just one or two quick ones on there. And that the first thing is the, the funny thing is on Devin Singletary, I think maybe I was somewhat adverse to going with um, Singletary because I remember last year, remember when the Bills still had Frank Gore and I remember taking the, the Singletary bet and it looked like he you know, was clearly the best back in the backfield and they kept bringing in Frank Gore against the Texans in the playoffs over and over and over and they couldn't understand why because Singletary was obviously better. So that, that's, probably why, that's probably why I went in that direction. Yeah, so just real quick, yeah. So I had, I had Singletary, I think, last year to thinking he was going to, you know, either get the yards or the receptions or the receiving yards. And, and they kept feeding Frank Gore. And, you know, that's why that's, that's probably why the bills lost last year in the playoffs. Um, but this year is a different story. And with no Zach Moss, who, who was essentially like their fill in uh, Frank Gore with him out of the game, I think hitting the 19 and a half receiving yards on Singletary is, is probably a really good prop bet this week with the uh the bills ravens game so so john let's let's talk about the sunday games like t- talk to me what we got at least on sunday we start off at a reasonable time 3 30 kickoff in kansas city cleveland coming in at 12 and 5 after beating the steelers kansas city 14 and 2 after just having another phenomenal year last week like i said the cleveland browns got their first playoff win in about a gazillion years beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, who remember about a month, month and a half into the season, the Steelers looked like they were clearly one of the best teams in the league. It all fell apart about halfway, midway through, and they never really got it back. Uh, Last week, Cleveland won 48 to 37 over the Steelers. Meanwhile, what was Kansas City doing? They were at home, just chilling, watching some TV, watching some Raised by Wolves, getting ready for WandaVision. So Kansas City should be well-rested, Uh, Still have some injury problems here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, their number one pick at running back this year, uh, suffered a high ankle sprain in uh, week 15. It's still not clear if he's going to play in this game. They were hopeful that he would, uh, but he did not practice um, yesterday. I didn't see the logs from today or not. Now, Cleveland has just been on an absolute tear. Baker Mayfield has really opened up a lot of eyes. This Cleveland team is legit. They're for real Um, on defense. You know, they've got, you know, a pretty good pass rush. They've got, you know, solid secondary with Denzel Ward, who like I alluded to before is back from injury on offense. They've got a fantastic running game with the two headed monster of Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league and Kareem Hunt, a former NFL rushing leader and just a fantastic offensive line. Baker's been able to get the balls to his receivers such as uh, Jarvis Landry, even with Odell Beckham out. And the point spread in this game is double digits. Kansas City is giving 10 points at either minus 104 or minus 108 on DraftKings and FanDuel. Man, double-digit point spread in the playoffs. 
everywhere I check. Um, every article I take a look at, the RJ Bell podcast, everybody is saying to take Cleveland here at plus 10, which makes complete sense. It makes complete sense to take a team who's on a tear and is in the playoffs, has already won 12 games so far, take them with the double-digit point spread and just go with it. So, of course, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home. I'm going to give the 10 points, even though the Chiefs only one in six against the spread in, the, in their last seven games, sometimes almost seem disinterested. I just think they're that good. And I think some of this, while I do respect Cleveland and I do believe they've got a great run game and they've had a great, uh, great year this year. Some of this I think is being done with smoke and mirrors. And I look no further than last week against the Steelers. Yes. The Browns pulled it out. They deserve all the credit in the world for that 48 37, but they had jumped out to a 28, nothing lead and then barely held on for dear life at the end as they were outscored 27 to 13 in the last 30 minutes of the game. Also last week, the Browns got five turnovers, including four interceptions. Guess what's not going to happen this week. Either of those things. Browns are not getting five turnovers. They're not getting four interceptions on top of that. Look at their deeper stats throughout the year. The Cleveland Browns actually ended the year with a negative point differential, which means they scored less points than their opponents did for the year. What about their record against good teams? Only three and four, which means they were sub 500 against the good teams that they played, the winning teams that they played this year. So I'm thinking about Andy Reid on the Chiefs side and his incredible record where he's only lost two games in his career after a bye week. I think the Chiefs are going to be ready to go. I think they are going to be motivated. I think they're going to be well rested. And I think they're going to win and cover this point point spread. I think they're going to cover the 10. I think that the Browns, you know, their little Cinderella story is going to come to an end in Kansas City. I think the Chiefs are going to cover. I think Mahomes is going to have a big game. I think Kelsey's going to have a big game. So give me the Chiefs and lay the double digits in the playoffs. As far as some props go, you know, I love my quarterback rushing. I'm going that way again, and I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Now on DraftKings, his uh, rushing prop is only 16 and a half yards, but the odds are absolutely terrible. So I'm looking at on FanDuel, three more yards, which I don't love at 19 and a half rushing yards, minus 112. Give me the over for Patrick Mahomes rushing yards at 19 and a half yards. He would have hit that in four out of his last five games. I took a look to see what they did against other rushing quarterbacks. Against Deshaun Watson, Cleveland gave up 36 rushing yards, which obviously would have beat this. And then when they played Lamar Jackson, they gave up 124 yards. So I don't expect Mahomes to have 100 yards in this game, but I think he can easily beat 19 and a half. On the other side, I think you know where I'm going now. Give me Kelsey with the catches. Give me Kelsey with the yards. Decide on that prop first, and then I look at the numbers. Man, those numbers get super high when you're talking about Kelsey. Seven and a half catches for Kelsey at minus 112 and 87 and a half yards. But guess what? These are numbers that Travis Kelsey can get. He's turning into one of the greatest receiving tight ends of all time. He's head and shoulders above anyone else in the game right now. And listen, I got to go with the wagers Ragers rule, which is you take Kelsey in the yards, no matter what. So I'm taking Kelsey again, big stage, 
national TV divisional playoffs. I think he'll hit seven and a half catches and 87 and a half yards on the Brown side of the ball. I got to go Nick Chubb here. And that's because, yeah, you know, he's one of the best rushers in, in the league and the chiefs rushing defense has really not been that great 31st overall when it comes to yards. So I think Nick Chubb can hit his prop on DraftKings of 67 and a half rushing yards. You know, last week he had 76. The, the week before that, 108. Nick Chubb can easily hit the 60, 67 and a half against a, a sort of soft Chiefs rushing defense. So I like Chubb to hit that prop. Overall, I don't think it affects the game, and it doesn't affect my opinion as far as the point spread goes, because I think Nick Chubb could get that 67 and a half rushing yards in the first, you know, two and a half quarters. But by that point, I think the Chiefs will have built a significant enough lead that the Browns won't be able to keep running the ball. Uh, Lastly, I mentioned Denzel Ward is back. I'm on this weird quarterback interception kick recently because of these incredible odds. Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception plus 138. I could see Denzel Ward picking one off. So I would take a look at that as well. But overall, this is the Chiefs running away to me. I'm going to go against everybody else who's saying to pick the Browns um, and take the points. Mind you, now everybody thinks that the Chiefs are going to win. They just don't think they're going to cover the 10. I do. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to give the 10. I'm going to take Mahomes 19 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to take Kelsey the cheat code at tight end, seven and a half catches, 87 receiving, 87 and a half, excuse me, receiving yards. And then Nick Chubb, 67 and a half rushing yards. And if I'm feeling spicy, I'll also take Mahomes to throw an interception at plus 138. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with, you know, who you refer to as everybody else in this. And my rule is don't take a double digit favorite which for the most part has probably played out pretty well for me. And we're in the playoffs and I get it that the chiefs are the super bowl reigning champions, but they're laying 10 points against the Cleveland Browns who basically just, you know, destroyed the Steelers last week. I know the game ended up being whatever it was a 12, 13 point, you know, differential, but they were up 28, nothing in the first half. And the Browns are for real. And they didn't have their head coach last week. They do have him this week. They are playing Kansas City. And they are in Kansas City. But I think 10 points is too much to lay. So for me, I'm going to take the Browns in this game. I'm going to lay the 10 points. Because I'm getting 10 points in the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a close game. And and, And for the Browns to actually keep this game close, what do they have to do? You know, my partner asked me this question earlier. And he said, what do the Browns have to do to keep this game close? It's not stop Pat Mahomes. It's keep Pat Mahomes off the field. Run the ball. It's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. They have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt, two of the top running backs in the league. They have the top, you know, one of the top rushing offenses in the league so run the ball run the ball run the ball and I think I think if they do that they can keep this game close do I think the Browns are going to win I don't I don't I think the Chiefs are going to pull this game out but I think it's going to be you know a touchdown game I think it's going to be 24 17 uh 17 10 uh 21 14 somewhere in that range so the, the props that I like in this game other than the Browns covering the point spread is Nick Chubb 
just like you said, to hit that prop 67 and a half rushing yards. Cause I think they're going to feed the ball to him over and over and over again. My fear with this prop is that they give too many carries to uh, Kareem hunt. But I think if they stick to the run game, Nick Chubb should hit this 67 and a half prop. Uh, the other Browns prop that I really like is if the Browns get behind in this game and the chiefs, you know, try to shut the rundown. I like over 22 and a half completions, Baker Mayfield, great odds plus 112 on DraftKings. So great odds on that. I know he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but if they do try to like stack the box and shut the rundown, he's going to have to throw the ball and it could be, you know, little dump off passes to running backs, tight ends, little slants, you know, short passes. So 22 and a half completions for Mayfield. That's another prop that I'm looking at. Uh, and then of course, look, you know, John said it, it's Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. I can't steer away from this. It's Kelsey yards, 86 and a half. Right now on DraftKings, it's a terrible, terrible, you know, terrible point, uh, vig on this. I mean, the juice on this is $50, minus 150 on Kelsey yards. Uh, his receptions are better, but he's usually somewhere around five and a half or six and a half. He's seven and a half right now on DraftKings, minus 112, but I'm still taking it because he has paid off for me you know, more weeks than he hasn't. And lastly, a player that I have not taken, surprisingly, but I think he's going to have a big game because I don't believe in the Brown secondary. Tyreek Hill, 81 and a half receiving yards, good odds, juice is small, uh, only $18, minus 118 on DraftKings, over 81 and a half yards, Tyreek Hill uh, against the Browns. So those are my thoughts on this game. And uh, John, any last thoughts before I move into our nightcap game of the old guys at quarterback? The, the old guy bowl. Uh, yeah, real quick. Um, I really love the Baker completions idea at 22 and a half. He didn't hit it last week, but he would have hit it four out of his last six games. And I, I believe in the narrative that he is going to have to be throwing the ball more in the second half. So I like that a lot. And yeah, these Kelsey numbers are just getting crazy, but I'm going to stay with it. You know, seven and a half for a tight end is nuts on a, as a reception prop. And you look at Kelsey, you know, the last game he played against Atlanta two days after Christmas only had seven catches. But what about in the next, you know, what is this next five or six games before that? Want to hear his reception totals? Eight, 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 eight. Eight, ten, eight. So it's it's on the high end there, but it's something that he he has regularly hit before. So I'm taking it again. Travis Kelsey is my spirit tight end. Yeah, it's Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey until it doesn't work, and uh, I'm gonna stick with it this week. So I will definitely be putting a Hondo on uh, the over on the receptions. All right. So we head into the last game of the weekend. It's the Sunday night or Sunday late afternoon game, I should say. And it's old guy versus old guy. Listen, I wish I could be as young as these two guys because I'm four years younger than, or four years older than 
than than uh, than Brady and five years older than than Breeze. But hey, man, you know, for the NFL, being 42 and 43 is considered old. And these teams have played against each other already twice this year. They've had some battles in the playoffs. So this should be a really interesting game. The line right now is Tampa Bay getting three at New Orleans. So, you know, you look at typical betting lines. And when you're home, you're usually uh, giving three points. So in my estimation, they're looking at this game and they're saying, this is a push. This is a, this is a, you know, an up for grabs pick them game uh, because the saints are home and Tampa Bay is coming on the road and Tampa Bay has lost twice this year to new Orleans. So I get the line, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm leaning, leaning. It's not a light game because I have a better bet on this game, but I'm leaning Tampa Bay. And you know why? It's Tom Brady. But let's look at all the stats. All right. Breeze is 5-2 and two versus Brady, which is the best of any quarterback in a minimum of four starts against Tom Brady. So Drew Brees has the best record against Tom Brady out of any quarterback that has had at least four starts against him. Brady, uh, his passer rating against the Saints in three games against New Orleans, below 80 passer rating. Now, Mike Evans, probably Tom Brady's, or if not his best uh, receiver or best target, he's only averaging 51.4 yards per game. In 13 games, 13, not just the games against, with Brady, in 13 games against New Orleans, he's only averaging 51.4 yards per game, but against everyone else, 81.7 receiving yards per game. You know, it doesn't look good for Tampa Bay. Now, playoffs, Brady, what's his record? I mean, everybody knows it's, it's going to be tremendous, Right. Tremendous. Again, a Donald Trump term. So what is Brady's record in the playoffs? 31 and 11, 31 and 11, six Super Bowls. So let's look at, let's, let's do a little bit deeper dive into his stats though. 280.2 yards per game. Now Drew Brees, he's nine and eight in the playoffs. Doesn't even stack up to that 31 and 11 record that Brady has, but 307.8 yards per game, much better than, than Brady, 40, 42 games in the playoffs, 75 touchdowns. Drew Brees has only played in 17 games, but he's thrown 36 touchdown passes. He's played in less than half of what Brady's played in and thrown almost half as many touchdown passes. Interceptions. 35 interceptions by Brady in that time period of 42 games. Drew Brees has only thrown 12. Passer rating. Tom Brady, 90.1. Drew Brees, 100. So Drew Brees has actually performed better in the playoff games that he's, that he's played in 
than Tom Brady. But let's look at the present because I think the present is more, you know, the picture that everybody should be looking at. Last five games, Tom Brady, 5-0, and 14 touchdowns, one interception, 116 completions out of 176 passes for 1,714 yards. I mean, everybody's seen him play. He's been outstanding. Tampa Bay has, and this is, this is from a defensive perspective, Tampa Bay's defense has been great. I mean, great, especially against the rush. The fewest rushing yards per game, the fewest rushing touchdowns per game. So let's think about it. On that side of the ball, we have Alvin Kamara. We have Latavius Murray. But Tampa Bay has shut down running backs. It doesn't matter who it is all season long. Good matchup because New Orleans rushing offense has been really, really good. They're sixth most in rushing yards, and they have scored the most rushing touchdowns offensively in the league. So this is going to be a really big battle on the ground. Uh, but to me, it's going to come down to, I think, the quarterbacks. And I got to tell you, you know, look, I'm a Jet fan. And I can't, I can't, I can't stay away from Tom Brady. I just can't. And the Buccaneers are getting three points in this game. Uh, I get it that, you know, the Saints have, la- have won the last two games against Tampa Bay this year. Tom Brady has thrown five of his 12 interceptions this season against New Orleans. And the New Orleans defense is really, really, really good. But Tampa Bay added Antonio Brown, who is, you know, look, he's a, he's a crazy person. He's a wild card. He's got a lot of baggage. But when he's on the field, he's been great. He's got five touchdowns in the last four games. So to me, I'm sticking with the dog. I like Tampa Bay in this game at New Orleans. I think that Tampa Bay is going to pull this game out. They're getting three points. Honestly, I like the money line in this game. I like the money line for Tampa Bay. The other thing that I like, though, is I think it's going to be a really big defensive struggle. I think Tampa Bay is going to pull this game out, maybe with a field goal. The over-under right now is 52. I said it before with the Saints and the Bears, and I won big money because I hammered it. Saints, Bears, under. I'm going Bucks Saints under. That's my bet of the week. Under 52 points. Hammer the under. Buccaneers Saints under 52. I got three props. Three props that I really like because I looked through, I scanned through every single prop. I like a rushing prop from the Buccaneers because I, I think that the, uh, the air attack, especially Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are going to be shut down with the exception of one prop on Godwin that I like. But I think the rushing attack is going to be, is going to be uh, pretty much in focus this week for Tampa Bay. I like Fournette over 38 and a half rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. I like Chris Godwin to catch like a red zone close touchdown like he did last week, even though I don't think he's going to have, he's going to have a lot of yards, which is an anytime touchdown for Chris Godwin. Great odds. 
plus 180 on DraftKings. And then my other prop on the Saints side of the ball, because I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, is Drew Brees over 25 and a half completions, minus 112 on DraftKings. With Tampa Bay's stout rushing defense, he's going to throw the ball a lot, whether it's screens, slants, uh, down the field, Drew Brees over 25 and a half completions. So I like the Buccaneers with the points. I love, love, love the under 52. And my three props are Fournette, Breeze, and Godwin. John, thoughts on the last game of the year? Or I should say last game of the week. Yeah, I hope it's not the last game of the year. Yeah, no, not the last game of the year. We have championship round. We have the Super Bowl. Last game of the week. If it is, something has gone horribly wrong. So I do I have one more prop I want to throw, I wanted to throw in there. Last week, Saints uh, against the Bears, I said to take Taysom Hill to score an anytime touchdown, which was plus 250 last week. He did not score a touchdown, but sure enough, I was right in that Sean Payton tried to get his ass a touchdown. And Taysom Hill had a, a uh, like kind of a, a, a quarterback sweep, sweep to the right, which fell just one yard of the end zone. You can be sure if the Saints have a first and goal to go, Taysom Hill is going to get at least one shot at the end zone. So this week, I like Taysom Hill again. Anytime touchdown, let's go back to the well. And you get better odds this week at plus 260. So that's what I've got. All right. Sounds good. So we, we, we ran through all four games. You know, usually I would have my college football nugget, but college football is over. So we're going to move into, uh, you know, probably the fan favorite phase of our podcast, if not ours, which is our track of the week. And John, I'm going to let you start off with your track. This week, I've got a track off probably my favorite record label, Tool Room Records. Uh, it's a song called Dancing 2. was released about a week before Christmas. And it's a, another one of those uh, funky groove, housey, you know, disco-y filtered house uh, types feels of a track. And uh, it's just a cool, fun track. Uh, been listening to it a lot lately. It's by an artist known as Curd Maverick. Uh, so check that out. Curd Maverick on Tool Room Records, Dancing 2. So, all right, so I'm going to go with a, a theme that I think anyone that bleeds green and white, anyone that's been downtrodden, anyone that has, you know, given up and thought that the Jets have no chance of ever being a great team or a good team or a playoff team, anyone that needs, you know, they're sitting there and it's cloudy and the clouds break apart and someone comes down sort of from the heavens and comes to you as a head coach and it's it's Rob Salah, our new head coach of the New York Jets. And what is he gonna give us? You know what, as Madonna said, he's gonna give us a ray of light. And so Madonna's ray of light is my track of the week. Hey man, I'm looking for, I'm looking for that ray of light for my New York Jets to finally become a team that is going to compete. And with Rob Salah as our as our head coach, with his energy, just like Madonna would bring in every single club that I would ever go to, 
Madonna, Ray of Light. That's my track of the week. best songs of all time for my money. I remember hearing that song in uh, many club in New York City in the, the late 90s. Great choice. And you know, congratulations to the Jets fans. Sounds like you guys got your guy. I guess if I, if I had picked a song that had to do with what's going on with my Philadelphia Eagles right now, I don't know, maybe I would pick, you know, 311 down, maybe something like that. Congrats to the Jets. Good pick. Let's roll. All right, everybody, listen, we have now analyzed every game of the divisional round. And hopefully our advice pays off for you. So let your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We are ragers, wagers, and we are out for the divisional playoffs. We will see you in the championship round. Later. 